Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. If there was a large compass, can you begin to imagine with me? Just take, take yourself, you're at home right now. Huh? You're in your living room. How about that? Or whatever you want to call it. You know, the family room. And on the floor was inserted, you didn't have tile, you didn't have carpet or wood. But let's just think of it like this. It was a round floor. Right in the middle of that floor was a compass. Anybody know what a, everybody know what a compass is? Hmm? It's got a needle, you know, it has north, south, east, west on it. It kind of gives you direction, doesn't it? Let's just say in the middle of that floor was a compass. And this compass, the way that the needle turns is dictated, directed by your communication and your actions that happen with you in your home. And let's just say for a moment that within that compass, it was pointing either towards Christ or towards this world, towards the kingdom of God, or towards this world. Which way would the compass be pointing today? What is the way within your own home today? If your actions and your communications that goes on in your house, which way would the compass be pointing? What direction would it point? Does it point towards unity or divisive conversations? Does it point towards edification and prayer? Or is it criticism and gossip of others? Does it point toward the house of God and the kingdom of God? Or does it point toward the things of this world and the God of this world? You see, when Joshua said in chapter 24, verse 15, when he said, choose for yourself, and then Joshua had the leadership ability enough, enough to say, as for me and my house, will serve the Lord. You see, it takes real leadership to point and lead a house toward the things of God in serving the Lord. Are you hearing me? It takes real leadership in the home to point the compass in the right direction. And that compass should be pointed towards a Christ-centered home, a Christ-centered marriage, a Christ-centered family. Today, I'm going to begin to teach and help, I believe, give instruction according to the Word of God and how to have a Christ-centered home and a Christ-centered family. Prayer in your house is going to help you personally prayer, personal prayer life, your own personal prayer will help you stay centered in Christ, will help you stay centered in Jesus. This is so important because prayer, praise, and thanksgiving are the answer for having a close walk with the Holy Spirit. Prayer, praise, and thanksgiving are the answer for having a close walk with the Holy Spirit. Now let me just say this. 
You might say, well, I have a close walk with God, but not necessarily the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people, they get really confused about this thing. Let me just say this. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. It is God. Amen. He, he is the Lord. He is, it is the Spirit of Jesus. If you know him, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you can get to know him. But that's going to be a personal choice. As he said, Joshua said, choose. You're going to have to choose. It's a choice. It's your own free will choice to choose to serve the Lord and to begin to point the direction to a Christ-centered life, a Christ-centered home. And it starts with prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. You know, the Bible gives us a protocol did you know there's protocols? And let me just say this. I'm going to be teaching on the Holy Spirit throughout this part of the series coming up into the day of Pentecost. And I believe today that each and every one of us can receive a little bit more of him. Uh, don't think that you've got all the Holy Ghost you're ever going to get. If you do, well, we're going to, well, praise the Lord. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to need more because there's more to, to being filled with the Holy Spirit than just a, a one-time, one-done, one thing. Uh, if that's the case, you're, you're missing out on a whole lot of your Christian walk. And if you come here and you, you think, wow, I've never heard that before. Well, thank God you're here. Amen. Uh, because you're going to get to have a greater depth of relationship with the Lord, a greater depth of understanding and a, and a, and a walk with God. Uh, because if we'll do things according to the word and according to the source that God has given to us and building a relationship with him, uh, glory to God, you're going to be refreshed every day. You know, I believe we can wake up and say, well, glory to God. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You know, that comes from having a relationship with the Lord because not every day is easy to do that, is it? Huh? So this morning, I believe if we can establish some things here. Remember, uh, the Bible says in protocol when it comes uh, to God, how do we enter into the presence of the Lord? You know, the Bible says that we enter in with what? We, come with, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. One of the key areas of this is so important because prayer is such a need. I like to say this. Now, this is not in your notes, as you'll find. You'll, you'll see I'll, I won't always talk about in the notes, but there'll be a lot I will. But it is so important. You want to keep yourself from backsliding and getting away from God. If, when you stop praying, that's what you started to do. When you stop praying, you're, you're moving away from the, from the Lord in your relationship, in your fellowship. Okay? You need fellowship. You know, if I stop talking to my wife, distance starts happening. Does that make sense? If I stop having intimacy with her and I stop telling her, baby, come on, you know, whatever, however you talk to your, your wife or spouse. That's how I talk to mine a lot, you know. Uh, anyhow, I won't go too detailed here, but if I stop talking to her the right way, there's distance start happening. And the next thing you know, it's difficult for people to have fellowship and intimacy and relationship without effective communication. Prayer is your communication with the Lord. You stop praying, you're building a distance between you and him. He didn't walk away from it. That was you. Amen. But the good news is he will recover you if you are sincere 
and you make a choice to come back into a prayer life with him, a relationship, communicating with him. Amen? Again, praise and thanksgiving are key because we're talking about ministering to the Lord as well. You know, I can minister to my wife and tell her all of the sweet things that I like about her and I love about her. Huh? And she starts smiling and cozying up. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Well, the Bible says that when you, we are to minister to the Lord. I'll say it like that. The Bible tells us that we are to minister to the Lord in psalm and hymn and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Often a lot of the times when we praise and we, we do different things, oftentimes we're ministering to ourselves about, you know, how, you know, it's just how, what God's done in us and how great we're, whatever it is, you know, but it's not necessarily ministering to the Lord, but we're called to minister to the Lord. Okay. So I'm just kind of saying that in general. I'm not saying that's how we do what we do. I'm just trying to say that in a general sense when it comes to oftentimes our, our praise and worship, we're just ministering to ourselves, but we have to learn to minister to the Lord. Amen? You know how you do that? I love you. Come on. Tell him you love him. Tell him how wonderful he is. Come on, think about it. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all should get this. Huh? And, and, and you know, reverencing him and, and, and just building him up. He likes that. Jesus likes that. It's what we call worship. Huh? We're telling him who he is, how wonderful he is, what he's done in our life. Come on, think about it. And he draws, the Bible says you draw near to him, he'll draw nigh to you. So if you're in a place of separation, just start drawing near to him. He'll come to you. He'll be like, hey, been waiting for you, been missing you. Come on. I've always liked your praise. Come on, you're building a relationship with the Lord. So prayer should be the go-to when the atmosphere is pointing in the wrong direction in your home. When the needle is pointing in the wrong way, prayer is the go-to. When you begin to see that in your own home, when you just get that image of that compass in there and that atmosphere is going the wrong way, huh? and there's things going on in there, communication that shouldn't be happening in your house, huh? that's not edifying, come on, you just start changing that atmosphere. Uh, a good friend of mine, his mama used to, and I've heard her do it, at a table of preachers. Let's talk about Jesus. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord supreme who reigns through eternity. The great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the Lord. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. How'd you like a woman to break out singing that in the middle of a dinner with a bunch of preachers. Somebody wasn't talking right. That's the way she trained her family. Huh? Think about it. Changing the atmosphere, getting more Christ-centered right there. I think it's a very important lesson we need to understand. You see, is if we're going to learn what it means to serve the Lord, we're talking about serving God's interests. We're talking about in giving. We're talking about having the characteristics and the values of God in our family life. 
it's so important that we learn to do these things. You know, there are many questions like these that can be simply answered when it comes to what's going on in your family. How can you begin to change that? Well, it's going to be first begin with a habitual and consistent prayer life or you learning how to have a life of prayer. And one of the things that is so important today, because I know how easy it is to get away from prayer. I know how easy it is that we can get caught up with all the cares of this life. Come on. You know, you can get caught up with all of the desires and just trying to build a, a life, you know, uh, that's in this world. But, you know, Jesus said it like this. He said, what if you gained the whole world and you lost your own soul? He said, well, I'm a Christian. I don't have to worry about that. Now I can just go gain the whole world. <laughs> We're missing something there, aren't we? We need to understand that this is about a fellowship and a relationship with God. Putting God's interests first in our life. Because it is so easy for us to move away from the things of God because we got so much going on. Now that, honestly, we can say that, but it's really about prioritizing the important things that in life, because you, listen, we need Jesus. I don't know about you. I can't do nothing. I, I need him. How about you? Because I have learned trying to do things outside of him. That's no fun. And is, there's a greater risk of failure, <laughs> if I can say it like that. If I can just kind of get that way with you for a moment. But the Bible teaches us that when we are in Christ and when we're walking in him, we begin to realize that all things are possible, that nothing is impossible to those who believe. Those who are walking in Christ, there is a victory. There is uh, answers. Uh, there's a supernatural way of living. God will, will take what you can't do and he'll make you just come on. He'll, he'll use you. He'll, he'll, he'll raise you up. He'll, he'll take what little you give him and he'll bless it and he'll multiply it. Come on. Uh, whether it be a little education, whether it be a little whatever, God can do more with you than you can do without him. Are you hearing me right now? It's so important that we pull our full trust in him, our family. We need to keep prayer a constant Keep speaking in your heart and in your mind songs and words that actually minister to and praise the Lord. Keep the word of God going in your heart and mind. Speak it out of your mouth. You see, the Holy Spirit fills up any place like that. The Holy Spirit fills up a place. You know, even the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians that when you're singing and you're making melody in your heart unto the Lord, that you're being filled, the Holy Spirit's attracted to that. The Holy Spirit says, hey, I'm just going to fill you up. Isn't that good news? So when you're feeling low, you can get topped up anytime. You can get a fill up anytime. When, you're, when you all of a sudden you get down and your, your little light comes on and you're like, I'm running on empty. Huh? You just start... Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. However you do it. Whatever you do, but you're going to have to learn how to praise, worship 
the Lord, ministering to the Lord. You see, Paul wrote to the church saying, we have not ceased to pray for you in Colossians 1.9. He says, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You see, in the same way Paul prayed for the church, he was overseeing. It's going to take a husband and wife, parents, grandparents, praying over their families. Husbands and wives need to learn to be in agreement with one another in prayer. But prayer according to God's will and not just your own. Now, I'm going to teach just for a little bit here today because I believe it's so important to understand prayer. And one of the things that we need to learn today is that I'm just going to kind of talk about two types of prayer. I might add a, another in it, but it's important that every one of God's children know and have an understanding of prayer. The two types of prayer I'm going to talk about this morning, let's read out of John 14, verse 13 and 14. The first prayer that is mentioned here as we read this scripture out of John 14, 13, and 14. Let's read the scripture here. It says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That's John 14, 13. Jesus said, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now, who is doing the work? He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Who's doing that work? Come on, who? Jesus. Did Jesus say that? Did Jesus say, when you ask something in my name, I will do it? You see that? Well, I want you to think about this. Let's look at verse 14. It says, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Verse 13 says, let me just go back here. It says, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And this type of prayer, the word ask there, is not in a way that we would probably think. The word ask there is more of a demand. Now, we're not demanding Jesus. We're not demanding God, God, you do this right now. All right? We're not telling God what to do. Are you with me? We're not telling Jesus, Jesus, you're going to do this. But it does mean like a demand. Remember, what did he say? When you ask in my name, I will do it. This is more of an understanding of the authority and power in the name of Jesus. This is an understanding of what Jesus said. He said, listen, I've been given a name which is above every name that is named. And then he tells the disciples, he says, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He tells, make disciples out of men. He tells us in Mark chapter 16, he says, those who have my name, believers, he said, believers will lay, well, in my name, he says, believers in my name will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They will cast out devils. They'll speak in new tongues. He said, uh, they'll do these things in my name. Now, I want to give an example here just for a moment. Remember the healing of the lame man at the gate called Beautiful in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 5. I'm going to start there for a sake of time. It says, so he gave them his attention. He's talking, to the, talking about the lame man looking at Peter and John who, came to the, who was going into the temple for that time of prayer. The Bible says that this lame man, because Peter says, look on us. And so he, he looked at them expecting to receive something from them. I, I tell you, ex expectation is key to receiving. If you can get somebody to expect, if you're expecting to receive, glory to God, that's, that's, that's what happens. 
If you're not expecting to receive, well, that's exactly what happens. But the Bible says, so he was expecting to receive something. Well, he did, didn't he? Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see that? Now, we know that at that point he reached down, got a hold of that man's hand, and just lifted him up and helped him up. He just kind of helped him up. But what did he do? Did he say, Jesus, oh, Lord, if it be thy will, only you know, will you heal this man? Did he pray a prayer like that? I said, did he pray a prayer like that? Oftentimes, we Christians, we pray prayers like that. But that's why it don't work. Are you hearing me? I said, are you hearing me? That's not what the Bible teaches us how to do this. You know, I, I learned something a long time ago. I remember buying something one time that came with some set of instructions. It was a ceiling fan. Uh, anybody, any, any guy, any, any woman in here ever put up a ceiling fan before? Uh, y'all ever put up a ceiling fan? Amen. I've done that more than one time. And you know, I thought I was so good I didn't need the instructions. Huh? You know, I've done it more than one time. So I'm going to put up a ceiling fan. I went and bought this ceiling fan, and I was going to put it in the house. And, you know, I, the instructions kind of was stuck to, stuck to the uh, thing. I remember taking it and just tore the instructions, and I'm like, I don't need them any out there, whatever. So I got it out, and I put it together. And you know what? It didn't work. I'm like, what did I do? What's wrong, man? I, 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 put, I tied it all together right. Man, I mounted it up, looked all pretty, looked ready to go, and it would not turn on. The fan would not spin. So I was like, man, where are those instructions at? And so I went back to the instructions. And then I, I read the first one and said, I did that. You know, the second one, I did that. Third one, I did that. Fourth one, I did that. Fifth one, uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. So I went back and did that. You know what happened? It worked. Not just a little thing I had to take out, but I had to take it all the way down, pull it apart, and pull that little thing out because it was a little thing that was holding on the inside. I didn't know there was a little safety thing in there that kept it from twisting or whatever. Anyhow, like, man, that wasn't in the last one, I'm sure. But how many of you know we got an instruction booklet? Huh? And we need to go to the book. I said, we need to go to the instruction book that God's given to us so we can know how. Amen? So Jesus, as we see here, uh, Peter, he heard Jesus when he said that. He said, all right, I'm going to do this. In the name of Jesus, what I have, I'm going to give to you. Jesus gave me his name. And he said, whatever I ask in his name, come on. Jesus is going to do it. Come on. And what does that mean? It means that there's power in the name of Jesus. There's authority in the name of Jesus. Jesus already done it. But it was the release. Peter and John released their faith of what Jesus had said. And when they did that, something took place. Healing manifested in this man's body. Isn't that good news? I said, isn't that good news? That's one type of prayer we see. You see... One of the reasons why this took place as well, and I want us to look at this, if you look down just a little bit, Peter goes on to say in verse 12 of chapter 3 of Acts, he says, and I'm going to just kind of make it short, he says, why look so intently at us as though by our own power, our own godliness, we made this man walk? I tell you, there's a lot of people today, Christians think, well, I got, I got the power, you know, and no, we have the name of Jesus. Yeah, we have power in the Holy Ghost. But we're not, the, we're, not the, we're not the miracle worker. I said, we're not the miracle worker. Amen. Are you hearing me today? He is. It is his name. And faith in his name. 
There is power in the name of Jesus. But if you don't have faith in that name, if you don't believe it, you can say it all day long. If you don't have faith, that's not something because there's faith in the name. Look at what Peter said. Peter said, look, we didn't do this. He said, but verse 13 says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus. Remember what we just read out of John 13, 14 of the words of Jesus? He says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. This is power in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is, a power, is, is as powerful as if he is physically present with you. See, Jesus has been given a name above of all names. God has highly exalted the name of Jesus. Do not separate the name of, from the person. Where his name is, he is there. Yes. Remember what Matthew 18, 19 through 20 and 21 says? Uh, but, but let's just look at 19 and 20. It says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they, may, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Two or three, you see that? Important things, here, let me just say this, there's two or three important things with prayer of agreement that we need to know. First of all, there's, there's agreement. Oftentimes, as Christians, we might say, hey, will you come in agreement with, something, with me in this? Yes, amen. But we don't ask anything. You ever notice that? The Bible says right there, he says, as many as two would agree asking anything. But they have to ask in the agreement. You're asking in agreement. Oftentimes, you know, just, hey, will you agree, you know, about something? But they need to ask. But you see, that is so important. You ask together. And then he says, where his name is, you see this? This is about Jesus. He said, where his name is, he is there. So in the name of Jesus, he said, he said right there, I'm in the midst of that. I'm in the midst of that. Isn't that good news? Oh, glory to God. I tell you, it's so important that a husband and wife learn how to pray together. Are you having somebody uh, that you can have, uh, find that you know can agree that has faith in the name of Jesus? And that when you pray in the name of Jesus, come on, it's gonna, you know it's going to come to pass. But if you don't believe it's going to come to pass, you're just wishing and hoping. and, and you're, uh, No, that's not what God says. No, we need, to, we need to believe. You see, the second type of prayer, though, the first was, was a demand. Now, the second type of prayer I'm going to talk about here just for a moment, which is so important in the family. We need to get these things in our house and in our family. Is John 16, verse 23. It says, at that time, Jesus said, you won't need to ask me anything. You see this? Jesus said, now at that time, now this is the time of his ascension when he's talking about when I'm not here. But you see, a while ago, he says, wherever you ask in the name of Jesus, when you're making that demand, he says, I'm in the midst. Now he's saying, uh, here, a whole different level, a whole different, another understanding. Think about this. He says, in that day, you will ask in my name. And I'm not saying that I will ask the father on your behalf. No, the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I come from God. I came from the father and entered into the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the father. And Jesus says, in verse 23, he says, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I'll tell you the truth. You will ask the father directly and he will grant you your request because you ask, because you use my name. 
You haven't done this before, so ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. So what's the difference in these? Well, one, Jesus says that there are times, just like with Peter, he didn't ask the Father. Did Peter say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask right now? He didn't do that, did he? But did you know there are times that you yourself, you know what the will of God is concerning something in your life? Yeah. You, have, you know the will of God concerning uh, what, the way the marriage is supposed to be, the way the children are supposed to be, the way that uh, your business is supposed to go. You have desire. You have, you have a desire. This is about petitioning according to a desire. Are you hearing me right now? And you're saying, God, I'm, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. God, that you hear me when I pray. And Father, I'm asking you, God, for that breakthrough. And my cousin, because he's such a knucklehead. And he needs you right now. No, I'm just kidding. But you understand what I'm saying? You're asking on a petition. You're asking and for a granted petition. You might, you might be, and listen, we know the will of God is to heal. Yeah. Are you hearing me? So in the name of Jesus, yeah. be healed. A different thing. Are you hearing me? We're not saying, oh God, if it be your will. But see, in a prayer petition, we're saying, oh God, according to your word, I see in a promise and I believe God that this can belong to me or should belong to me. So Father, me and my household, whatever that might be, it's a prayer petition. We're saying, God, will you grant? Will you grant this petition? Come on. Can you see the difference there? Maybe I need to teach longer on this subject for a while so we can get some better understanding of what the differences are. But there are certain things that Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do, and greater works than these do, because I go to my Father which is in heaven, and I'm giving you a name, and at that name, and in that name. See, there's a difference. And then there's this prayer, a petition, we're saying, God, I believe according to your will, that I know according to the promises, that Father, that this will be granted to me. God, I'm asking you for it. I'm asking you for it. Can you see the difference? It's so important. See, these types of prayers are very essential to you to understand the difference and to do them. They're not limited to yourself or family, but essential for praying for yourself and your family. God wants you and your marriage and your home to be full of joy. Prayer is essential to having Jesus at the center of your life and your family. Let me just say it like this. Wouldn't it be joyful? Wouldn't it be joyful to see your prayers answered? Hmm? Jesus said he wants your joy full. So the Bible says if you, when you pray and you ask the Father, believe that you'll receive it. Isn't that good news? Believe you'll receive it and you'll have it. Glory to God. Do you know the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. That word hope, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when you're releasing your faith in prayer, 
in the name of Jesus, whether it be the demand in the, in the name of Jesus, Satan, go, because that's casting it out. Huh? Loose your hold off of that in Jesus' name. You're not playing, oh, Father, please get the devil off of me. No, you say, in the name of Jesus, go. It's a demand in the spirit because you have the authority of the name of Jesus backing that because he already destroyed the works of the devil. And so we say in the name of Jesus, go, loose, be loosed. Or I bind in the name of the Lord Jesus right now. Because the Bible says that you can do that. But then again, there's another side of this whole Jesus. God, I want a four-story house with, are you with me? You say, well, I don't know if you can ask for prayer. Well, the Bible says that you can ask. You can petition God. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. You can ask. You can petition God. Now, you might say, well, I don't believe that this is his will. Well, praise the Lord. You won't receive it either. Amen. That's okay. You don't have to. Amen. But then again, you might say, well, hey, look, I believe this is his will. Amen. We need to ask according to his will. How do you know what the will is? By knowing the word. When you know the word, you can know his will because this is his will. But when you really don't know the word, you'll be I don't think it's his will. It's not in the will. Is it in the will or not? It's in the word. It's in his will. Well, Hallelujah. You see, it's very, very important that when we do pray, though, I want you to read 1 John 5, verse 14 with me. 1 John 5, verse 14, it says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything. Just underline that. I didn't say it, God did. He said, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything. That pleases him. Isn't that good news? Come on, you're gonna, when you build a relationship, I know one thing. There's one thing I know about my wife. I kind of I, I figured out, not always, don't get me wrong. I don't have her totally figured out. I have to be honest with you. But there's, some, there's pretty much, I can tell when something pleases her when it doesn't please her. Because I have a relationship with her. Right? That's why prayer is so important. You begin to understand God. You, you, look, I begin to open my mouth at times. I remember one time before we moved here, I was sowing a seed because the Holy Ghost put it in my heart. He said, sow a seed for a house. And I'm like, amen. Glory to God. When we would come here. And I remember in that evening service, the Holy Ghost said, sow a seed for a house that... You, that you'll receive when you get there. I said, glory to God. I remember telling Christy, I said, the Holy Ghost just told me to sow a seed for a house when we get to Australia. Glory to God. So I knew it was a special moment and I knew, I was like, thank you, Jesus. And so before I sowed that seed, I said, God, I just thank you for a gated house, four-car garage. I started getting it out there. I'm not kidding you. I was doing this. Two-story, five-bedroom, one study formal dining. I mean, I started laying it out there. Are you with me? Huh? Come on. And the Holy Ghost, while I'm praying that prayer, it was like, mm, 
that's not what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. You're missing on this one. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I said, okay, God, what do you, how do you want me to pray over this? He said, well, pray that you'll, be, you'll have a house that you can stay there as long as you want with all bills paid. I said, um, okay. Just come in agreement that we'll have a house. Let me get there. Let me stay there as long as we need with all bills paid. Okay. All right, praise the Lord. And I, the, the bucket's right here, you know, and everybody's waiting. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, God, we got to make this fast. So, Lord, so we prayed the prayer. I said, God, glory to God, in Jesus' name, receive it. Pass it on down. Hallelujah. I got it in my spirit. I knew it was the Holy Ghost. And you know what happened? When we moved here, first of all, I prayed to know one person. Prayed so, and, and God, God brought that to pass. Then, I, and there's other things that we, y'all have heard me talk about. I, I'm not going to go over everything, but when we, when we talk about the house, when I was going out in customs, gentleman that I prayed to know so he could pick me up at the airport, which he did, and draw me off too. Praise God. He looked at me and he said, as I was going out, about to walk out of customs here in Melbourne Airport, he said, he said, hey, I never told him I was going to be coming back or even starting a church or anything like that. He looked at me and he said, hey, you're going to be coming back. And I got a house that you can stay in for as long as you want to with all bills paid. I said, amen. And I just turned around and walked them. <laughs> That's all I could do. And then what else am I going to say? And that's exactly what happened. Amen. That was in a little town called Rosebud down the, down the road here. Isn't that something? Amen. But that's how I knew what was pleasing to him because he put it in my spirit. Amen. Because it was in my heart. Glory to God. But it didn't mean I wasn't asking him for what I wanted. He just began to lead me and guide me in what was right and what was pleasing to him in the moment. Come on. Uh, you know what? It didn't offend God for me asking that either, by the way. He went like, I can't believe you asked me that. <laughs> Think about it. You know, I don't get upset at my kids because they say, hey, Dad. There's sometimes it's like it's a little annoying, you know. Every time you wake up, every time you go to the store, every time, are you with me? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, can we have, can we have something quiet, you know. But it might be a little annoying, but I don't get upset because they're asking you know what I mean? Come on, you know what I'm saying? Are you with me? Praise God. But it's important that we do understand well, what is pleasing to him. And that's important because the Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we can say that what is of faith pleases God. And so when we pray, we pray knowing that he, we're confident that he's hearing us because we're going to ask according to what pleases him. We're going to search that out. We're going to say, okay, God, what's pleasing to you? Here's what I want, but what's pleasing to you? Huh? What do you want me to do here? And he might say, yeah, you go for it, big boy. All right. Hey, Amen. And then, and then on the other side of that, he might just say, no, nah, you, you just need to, just, here's, what, here's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Amen. I'm talking about petitioning, granted petitions. Yeah, now, this isn't, this isn't talking about whether or not he wants your whole household saved. How many of you know that that's the will of God, that he, your whole household will be saved? So in the name of Jesus, Satan, loose your hold off of the minds and the spirit and the bodies of those in my family, in Jesus' name, who are not born again, who are not serving you. And in Jesus' name, God, I pray today that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into the harvest to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and their ears will be open to hear, their eyes will be open to see, and their minds and hearts will be turned to you in Jesus' name. They will be born again. 
Come on, are you with me? There's two different types of prayers, aren't they? And this is what Jesus is talking about. And we need to understand this within our home. To pray in faith or a prayer of faith are prayers that please God. And how do we know that? How does faith come? Faith comes by knowing the word of God, by hearing the word of God, by reading the word of God. That's how we get faith. Faith isn't, we're not talking about human faith. I'm going to pick this up another time. But we're not talking about human faith. We're talking about the God kind of faith that comes from hearing the word. We're talking about the faith that, that God is sending into our hearts that we can transform our mind according to the will of God and an understanding of what God desires and what pleases him. Amen. There are things in the Bible we know already are his will and we can make a demand in the spirit according to the will of God. And there's other things that we're going around. God, I know that, that this is something that belongs and that, that is right. God, so today, God, I'm going to petition you for this. Maybe you're going around and maybe it's something in your life right now that you're like, God, There's some things I need changed in my family. Well, Father, I'm going to ask you, because I can't do this alone. I need your help. I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit of God is a helper. Bible, Jesus said he's a paraclete. He's, he's, he's your uh, advocate. He's your helper, your intercessor, teacher, guide. We can pray over these things. It's so important today that we learn how to pray in our home, to build that atmosphere where the compass of our home is putting Jesus at the center. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.